kind of what Ron Baker was saying today. And I love Ron. I believe in everything that Ron... I've basically modeled my firm around the way he thinks you should run a firm. So there's a difference between theory and practicality on running a firm. Like everything the consultants say are amazing, but like you got to give them concrete ways of actually doing it in your firm. And you're just saying like, don't keep track of time. Like, okay, get rid of your timesheets, but how do we do that? What's the plan yeah. for it? That's much more difficult. So th- that, that's why I want <laughs> the time shits, the time shits. Thank you to Books Time for sponsoring this episode. All right, tax season's over. Did you have some staff quit on you? Do you need to hire more bookkeepers? Are you trying to take the bookkeeping off of your top-notch CPAs so they are not doing the ditch digging of accounting? Are you ready to hire your mom to do bookkeeping for your clients? Well, fear not. Our sponsor this week, Books Time, has got you covered. Finding top quality talent is not easy these days. Managing bookkeepers takes time and energy, especially with this labor shortage. With Books Time, you get a dedicated team of experienced, tech-savvy, responsive bookkeepers. The size of your team will scale to meet your needs as a firm, even if your needs change over time. You'll never again have to worry about recruiting, training, or managing bookkeepers ever. Books Time has got that part covered. Books Time is extremely picky about who they hire. They have a careful evaluating process to ensure their bookkeepers are knowledgeable, accurate, detail-oriented, and reliable. Books Time rejects 99% of the candidates that they receive, so you're working with the top 1%. Contact Books Time for a free, no-obligation consultation. They'll answer all your questions and work with you to determine whether your firm's a good fit for their white label partner program. To learn more, visit bookstime.com slash accountants. That's B-O-O-K-S-T-I-M-E dot com slash accountants. Spelled just like it sounds. Bookstime.com slash accountants. Grow your profits and shrink your workload with Bookstime. Oh, and tell them Sons of CPAs sent you. Enjoy the episode. Cheers. So this is an, a side episode. This is one of the first Sons of CPAs bonus episodes with This is Jason what we Ackerman. really started the podcast for and we needed we really needed uh we needed a year to figure out who we were. So this is so this is one year after we first started recording and today's episode we had the famous Ron Baker, and that made me cry. It, I thought it went splendid. I thought it went particularly well because I was the one who shut you up. It was like a role reversal during that episode, wasn't it? I was about to ask really good questions, and you're like, why are you asking that? So, <laughs> My head's the in the intro. clouds. Read the intro. Intro. So I don't know if I'm going to – so let me read the intro in our um, – Read in the our, fucking intro. Our words. Jesus Christ. So, hello and welcome. We – are the sons of CPA. See, I'm going to put the emphasis on we and not all because literally that's this is just a solo Can you read episodes. the fucking thing, Jesus Hello Christ. and welcome. We are the sons of CPAs. Join us as we question the current state of the accounting and tax industry. We are the change agents and an industry fraught with money and inertia. Let's begin the sons of CPAs with your hosts, Jason Ackerman and Scott Scarano. 
So glad to be here. Okay. Well, <laughs> I wanted to do a podcast. Just We've done this for a year, and I wanted to do a year in review of your firm and my firm to see what went right, what went wrong, what we're going to change. Oh, it's going to be interesting. How much time do you think you spent, percentage-wise, do you think you spent on your firm this year of your total time? So if I were to put it in a pie chart, I, and I honestly, I think that I spend much more time on this podcast than I do of anything else. Podcast and firm. The firm probably had 10% of that bucket last year. Would you say that your firm had a successful year last year? Actually, an extremely successful year. So when you were, we're, when we're defining success, why was it so successful? So I, why was it successful? So as a management team, we really came into our own the middle of the year. We, the first time ever, we had to let people go. And, and of course, in, in typical Scott fashion, I had to really and make a statement here and also trim the fat. The way it was handled with my management team was a um, interesting experiment in and of itself because they really experienced making a decision and doing something that they would normally take for granted. Who's your management yeah. team? Uh, I got Chris. So operations manager. I, I refer to him as operations manager, Chris Leon. And then we got Matthew, Matthew Meyer. What What's his title? Or so what? Matthew is front office and client success. I guess we called Matthew office manager, but he does a variety of things across the firm. He also handles onboarding and payroll, but ultimately it's client success and, and making sure things are running. Well, he spends a lot of time running himself and, and, and handling things, but you okay. know, he does ultimately so, want to so make sure that the clients are. How happy. many other people do you have? So you have those two. One, let's see. So we have one, two, three, four. Oh, let's, let me look at this our This is riveting podcasting. 10 total. So, okay. so you I'm have trying two to see. minus. So you have so eight. So we have, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, um, six other CPAs. And then we have somebody in the Philippines. So four, what we call account managers. And then we have two staff accountants. Okay, so let's go back to success. So you fired two people. Mm -hmm. I didn't really fire them. I let them go. I don't like to say fired because they didn't really okay. do anything wrong. You fired them. The firm is starting to become an image of success. We sold our office because that's a big deal. We don't have a physical space anymore, and that's a huge paradigm shift in everything in my life. And I'm just starting to see the other side of that and how that's going to impact the firm long term. So what was your gross revenue for last year? Gross was 1.4. And what was, your, what was your net? About 150, 160. So your profitability was 11%? Yeah, it worked out to be nine, actually. So I'm taking, I pulled out some owner's stuff, like my pay and everything, pulled that to the bottom. So it was 9%. It's like 9%. Yeah, it was 9% before that. Are you happy with that? No, absolutely not. So last year, it sounds like you got the costs under control. And this year, you're just raising the revenue without raising any costs. So like, people yeah. are basically saying the same salaries. I'm sure, you'll go up a little bit, but... A little bit, yeah. And you have... You said you have 110 clients, roughly? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So let's do the math on that. I've got the math on a, on a sheet here. So that's roughly $13,000 a client for the year. So that's a thousand, a little over a thousand bucks per client. Do you think the firm is doing well with you not being that involved? I think every everything is going well as far as what I can see. But you just said you had a 9% profit. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, really, this is that's a really transition. Bad. Yeah, this is a transition. This is... um. Do you cutting. like do you like running your accounting firm? Um, I feel like this is a therapy session. This is so fun. I could be a yeah. great therapist. Possibly. I used to when I was doing the work. When I stopped doing the work, I stopped caring about everything. That was Why did you stop caring? Like you, you think you uh, I don't understand why you stopped caring when you stopped doing the work. Because I if I'm not paying attention to the details, then I don't care about the details. I've been very indecisive, so I've been kind of letting things go. Way? I think, oh God, in what way? In every way, in every direction. So I what's can't holding, decide. What's holding you back from making decisions? Because I'm afraid of making the wrong decision. I know that. Like, like it's, I'm always afraid of the opportunity cost of deciding one thing because it's not the perfect one. What if I chose the wrong one, and now that's, I'm going to forget about the other decision, and I'm going to go. But isn't that isn't it worse to not make a decision than making the wrong? Decision? Oh yes, yes. Trust me, <laughs> that has been something I've been dealing with lately. Is not deciding, and the opportunity cost of that too. It's it's always better to just make one decision. And I'm I'm saying this in life more so than anything else. I can't decide what to wear. I can't decide what to eat. I'm always afraid I'm going to pick the wrong dish. And God, don't you're go like to a restaurant wife. with me. You're exactly yeah. indecisive. Like I'm like, yeah. hey, where do you want to go? I and, don't know. And then she says, I don't know. And then I do a suggestion, and it's always she doesn't want that. Yeah, yeah. I'm just like her <laughs> in so many ways. That's why we get I'm along sure. so well, and we argue because you're my wife, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's putting up with somebody like me is is the is the gift and the curse, right? Some people love my company and love me being around, but then they get really fucking frustrated with me half the time. So So what <laughs> so what's the solution? Well, for the solution for my firm was yeah. why don't they spend less time with me and let's see how things go and now they miss me. But it sounds like you've pushed away your pro- like you you don't want to deal with your problem. Mm, I don't even know if it's a problem. So this kind of comes back to uh, a question I have, which is, do you think, and I'm envious of this for you, it's like you've kind of just taken yourself out of the accounting and your firm. Do you think that that, obviously you think that, that you can do that, that you can have a successful firm with you basically I think it could be a huge success if I just look at the bigger picture and I just focus on the things we could and should do. I think that's the ultimate goal is to to be the consultant of the firm. And I think that's where I can have the most leverage. Does that make sense? Yeah, you basically don't want to be involved. (sighs) Yeah, I don't want to be marred by the details. I don't want to be tied down by the day to day. All right. What? So, what's going to define success for 
this year? For 2022 is if I don't have to check my email, if I have a virtual assistant, if we are profitable, um, profitable at 30% by the end of the year. And we will define our number of clients, our monthly recurring revenue goal, our total revenue goal. I know that we have, we're at 83,000 and change of monthly recurring revenue. I want that to be a hundred. So that, that will dictate what our overall revenue goal is and, and everything else. My one thing I care about is the monthly recurring number. What do you think your firm is really good at? It's a good question. We're good at taxes. We're good at the books. I want to have a vertical that we focus on. I want to start offering some form of advisory. We just started marketing to psychiatrists, group psychiatry practices. Interesting. <laughs> So are you, so it sounds like are you happy where the firm is? I'm content. Yeah. I am pretty happy where where things are. Like I said, I thought we had our best year. As far as I know, if I don't change that much and I continue to do sales, we're going to be profitable and we're going to be doing very well. But I fear that I'm going to end up do like you know, you say the people fear of failure. I'm definitely not afraid of failing. At anything, I'm afraid of committing to something and having to do it every Scared day. Of commitment. I think so. Yeah. Like that. That's kind of funny too because I was never afraid of anything with the podcast. That to me is where my head is always at. Right. Like I'm. I'm a artist trapped in an accountant's world. I like the creative aspect of things. I like thinking of great ideas and doing things that are that have a creative. Um, can you do that Outlet. at your firm? I don't think so. I, I think the real purpose of doing this podcast has always been to move the industry forward and to be the change agents in an industry that's ripe for change, fraught by money and inertia. <laughs> yeah, that's ripe for change. It is. The, well, I think the thing with it's like. We do need to move stuff forward. What does that mean? I don't know. I think it's different for everything. But I think the problem with the industry is it hasn't changed. It's stayed the same. And it lags behind other industries that are changing at a rap more rapid pace. There, there are so many ways to do things. Um, just knowing what's best for your firm is difficult. Because everybody's firm is different. Yeah. The, um... But I have some ideas. Yeah. I think a lot of our ideas are are similar. So just to wrap up my my part of the segment here, I do care about the firm, but I you can't grow two things at once. That was something that was said on the last episode is you can't really grow two things at once. And I'm okay with where our firm is at. I am a lot more patient with the results because I think I'm okay with where it's at. The point is, is that I've been trying to grow an audience, grow a podcast and grow as a person. And I can't grow my firm as I do that as well. Some things regress. Honestly, as if you look at last year as a metaphor, I cut a lot of things instead of grew. I always had a growth mindset with the firm. Everything was about growing the firm, growing it forward, for a long time. 
I guess you're okay with the firm maybe not doing as well as if you were more involved. You're okay with that. I'm very okay with the firm. I'm very okay with where things are, where they're going. I am just not as anxious to get them there so fast. I know there's plenty of time. Right now, I'm anxious to get the profitability there faster. Patience is normal. Patience is important in an accounting firm, and you got to keep the long-term view because you can't change stuff overnight. It does take time. Um, I have problem letting go too. So if I think something was was the answer, um, I do have trouble shifting to something else if I've already put a lot into that change. So I think a lot of people are like that. Once you That's really very commit difficult. to changing something, it's very difficult to do. That's what they say. The key to being a good entrepreneur is being able to pivot when, mm-hmm. like, you hold your, you have strong beliefs, but you're able to change them quickly and not, not keep them no matter what. It's very important. So I have strong beliefs, and I can change those quickly. Anything that I feel strongly about can really be shifted. <laughs> Maybe that means I'm not. I don't feel that strongly about them. There are some things that I'll never change my mind set on, and I'm I'm very what fixed. What are those? I don't know. I, you have to give me some examples. You'll have to give me some examples of things, and I can tell you if I've changed my mind on them or not, because I'm pretty cognizant on me shifting my um, my beliefs. I guess my thoughts on business I kind of change based on the audience and based on the um, discussion at hand. So there's context to a lot of beliefs when it comes to business that if you can if it's something that I can apply to my life and to anybody's lives and and the the world and business then I feel very strongly about it but if it's different for business than it is for something else then I I, I see it as hypocritical if you could run your life by that theory or that concept and run a family like that or run run anything and it also works in business then it's universally sound. I think that's good. I love it. I'm, I'm your man. All right, yeah. we've talked enough about you. Do you have any questions for me? Yeah, we have. On my firm? You want to talk about my firm? Your firm. Are you happy with where your firm is currently at? Yes. Why the hesitation? Well, I think there's always room for improvement. I'm happy with where we are, and I know we can do more and get to another level. Um, what does that level mean? What, when it, you say another go, level... It goes back to client service. So, like, that's the main thing that I focus on. And kind of, you know, that's the m- most important thing is how can we serve the clients better and give the clients a better experience? And... Uh, you I, always talk about client experience and client service since for a whole year. Yep. And I'm, I mean, that's still... That's the main... Fo- I think... Every decision we do is based on that because every client's different. Every client's different. So do you have a specialty that you're going... Do all of your clients have a common thread? No. I I think there there are certain clients we don't take, which is manufacturing, like heavy inventory stuff. And, And I guess the big question that we're trying to solve right now is... Should we do cloud accounting services and how should we do it if we decide to do it in-house? I, I just I haven't found somebody that I like that we can outsource it to 
just the bookkeeping stuff. Either I want to find someone who we can outsource it to, or I want to do it in-house well. But my kind of thing, kind of what Ron Baker was saying today, it's like, it's such a commoditized thing now. Does it make sense for us to focus on that? Are, is our is our resources, firm resources, better off spent on something else? And I tend to think it is, and I tend to think that our CPAs are doing too much bookkeeping work. And how do we get them to, how do we offload that to somebody? That's kind of the big overarching question for 2022 that hopefully we will have a solution for at the end of the year. I have some ideas for that um, on how you, how you can keep all that and still and still win, but it's going to... Well, it's not that we're not winning. It's opportunity costs. So like... Are we profitable now? Yes, we're profitable. Do but it's not just profit. It's like kind of what Ron was saying, like the burnout and the rust and like doing the same stuff over and over again that's mundane tasks. Like do we want to do that? Or are we better off doing the higher level stuff? But but at the same time it's like you, you need to do the small stuff. I, I think to do that. Well, I think stuff. you do, but I, I think you have it, I, I think the reason why you have to do it in-house is people have to learn. Like, you have to train people somehow. Like, people just can't walk in here and do a tax return well and do bookkeeping well, and you can't learn it in a year. It takes multiple years to be able to do anything very well. I do think you need it for training. So just kind of figuring out that. Because I think before we would take on more bookkeeping stuff, and I've kind of hesitated away from it. Like I, I've been focusing, I think what we do very well is taxes. And I think we're very good at the client service around that. And I think we've just kind of done everything else kind of as an add on thing, like this is what the client needed and we haven't been purposeful on that. So just trying to be okay. a little more purposeful on things. Yeah. I think I can read address your other question. I think we are really good at the monthly stuff and the bookkeeping. And I just didn't want to say we're good at bookkeeping because anybody can do bookkeeping. No, but everyone can't do but, bookkeeping. That's the thing. It's like when people say anyone can do a tax return, anyone can do bookkeeping, it's not true. That's true. And I think I think people devalue that. I see so many bookkeepers is like their balance sheets off, like there's nothing's right. <laughs> and, and, and if you don't do the bookkeeping right, and then I see like tax people who just take what the bookkeeping is and don't look at it at all and put it on the tax return. And it's just like, and if we just kind of like forget about that, like I don't want the firm to just be like, Oh yeah, that's easy. Like, let's just not think about it because as soon as you start doing that with anything that you do, like it's going to not turn out well, you're not providing a good service to the client. I agree with you there. So let's talk some hard numbers. Where is your revenue at? So we finished the year, and this doesn't include PPP or any of that bullshit. Yeah. So we were in 2020, we were at 3.6. Last year we were at 4.1. Oh, wow. So we went, we were up 14.87%, 540,000 bucks. And, wow. and this year, with Pratt's initiative, I mean, we our growth target's 4.6. So that, and that's like our proposal. It's actually probably should be more than that because that's just one one thing we did this year is we went up, we went up, 
we have a lot of legacy 1040 clients that I'm trying to get rid of. So we went up basically 20% across the board on those. And we haven't lost too many. <laughs> I'm trying to lose more of them, but we haven't lost them. So I think our revenue is going to be closer to like 4.7, 4.8 once we're all said and done. But right now, like... It, was this the first year that you hit the 4 million mark or had you hit it well, once? Well, so and then I probably dipped? told you because I kind of look at it like after, on a 4.30 basis. So if you look at 4.30 numbers, we were over it the year before because that's kind of after tax season. But calendar year, this was the first year we hit over 4.4 million. So we were at... Let's just like, so 2016, we were at 2.6 million. So we've gone up, we've averaged about 10% roughly a year. And that's just, that's kind of where I want to be. I want to be like. 10% is average. Well, and, but that's firms. not like we're not acquiring anyone. We're just do that's just like dude. I know most growth. firms should be ten percent. If that's 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 natural. It's not acquisition. Yeah, and I and I really like want to keep the same amount of people and our profitability. So on that four point one, our profitability was like right at twenty five percent. So what was that? And that's is that including you and your dad? No, that's that's before. And I also like we also have a wealth division, so that doesn't include our wealth division either. That's just the CPA mm-hmm. side. So let's see. Our actually profitability was closer to twenty two percent. So my goal okay. it's a little lower than what we want. We did like we did spend about a hundred thousand dollars on computers at the end of the year for everybody. So some of that's a little skewed, but our revenue target's good. If we go if we go up to four point seven and we're not really hiring too many more people that'll be our our do you have a profitability target because i don't i don't get I don't, why you would have a revenue car target and not a profitability target well like all i have is a profitability target yeah now. and i agree like the revenue gross revenue doesn't mean anything if you're not profitable so yeah. i think we've gotten to a place though now like really my thing was i want to fix the pricing so we I've spent a lot of time over the last year, like fixing, making sure that we weren't char- we were charging enough for our clients, and I think we've done a good job of that. And now I'm going to focus. Uh, that now I can focus on the expenses because I, I I think as we grow now, like our expenses aren't going to increase as much. Yeah, I mean we were. We were at forty percent. I mean, we were extremely profitable when I was. Doing, we were forty five percent. We we didn't change our top line much, but our profitability has drowned. It's it's gone down as I got out of the work. So this is interesting because you're still in the work, and you're yeah. But you gotta I, remember. I'm not, I'm not criticizing. I'm not but criticizing. You gotta remember but at four point one million is different than one. In Dude, I know. Like that's million. it's probably a different target. Um, well, that was when we were talking with uh, the guy last week, Jody. That was interesting. He was at 25% at $10 million. And I was like, that seems low, but that actually seems pretty good. And that was 25% before their uh, salaries? Because I thought that it was it was their salaries were included in that. It was 25% yeah. to owners. Okay, that's, that's probably Which, that's right. That's good. They only have two um, owners, so they're making $1.2 each. So on that note, then, like, you're 
You guys have two owners, or are you technically not an owner? I'm not an owner. My dad's 100%. Dad's 100%. And do you guys have a plan in place for that? I'd like him to die with it, then I get a step up in basis. <laughs> so that's the plan right now. That really is the, <laughs> that's the idea? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the best tax-wise under the current tax strategy. Now, if we end up... <laughs> bring in more people which is possible um then that would change but as of right now bringing in more owners yeah yes because a lot of people aspire to have like um employees with some kind of ownership or yeah we've never done that i don't there's no real plan to change that i might do some profitability thing but i really think that your team will be happy based on compensation Oh, yeah. A lot of them don't care about the ownership, to be honest. It's it's all about getting paid. So if you did something, if you had a phantom equity thing or something, I think that's more. Phantom equity. We don't really have any plan of bringing on more than one owner at this time. But it could change. You never know. I'm open open to that. Well, and and on the the note of what Ron said about retiring, like your dad doesn't really plan to retire, does he? Yeah, he loves what he does. I mean, he every year he cuts yeah. it back a little bit and a little bit more. And so he's turned 70 this year. Uh, so, you know, he basically leaves the firm running to me and does – he manages his clients that he likes. That's basically what he does. Okay. He does 200-plus tax returns a year, individuals. So do you have a management team? Yeah. So we have. So another thing that we did over the last year is we hired a chief operating officer and a firm administrator. So, kind of similar to what you have, very similar structure. I would say that Lauren is our. Except we are like a fifth of the, a fourth of the size. Yeah, I mean, we didn't have before this year. We didn't have. We only had two admins. So it was a lot. Of, I was doing a lot of administrative work. So that was my goal sure. of last year was to get rid of that, and I did do that. So we have one person that's kind of her main focus is doing the Fitz price agreements and value stuff. Like that is a lot of work, and we're trying to figure out how to streamline that a little bit better. Um, and then we hired Lauren to do more of the operations, making sure that the work is assigned out, stuff gets done, stuff like that. Cool. So, do you guys have meetings? Do you have a cadence of like meetings, or do you just offhanded like unscheduled stuff? Meeting team meetings, firm meetings, uh, management team. So, I meet with Lauren once a week. I don't meet with Lisa. One, I, I would. We were gonna do operations meetings, like basically me, my dad, Lisa, and Lauren once a month. We haven't done that. But I do meet with Lauren once a week. And then we have a team meeting with everyone once a month. We One big thing that people said over and over again when I was talking about them. And we do, I don't do performance reviews, but I do like bi-yearly checkups. So twice a year I meet with everyone and they can just talk about whatever they want with the firm. It's more, I use it more as a way to like get intelligence on how they think the firm's doing. And over and over again, they said COVID had changed like, the culture in a way that like people weren't seeing each other as much, which was natural. Like people don't come in the office as much as they were before. 
So we're trying to do a concerted effort of getting people more together. So Lauren actually sends out a weekly newsletter now for the firm. It just says, it's very basic, but like what's going on? If something like if we need to communicate something like a tax law change or something like that, that's put in that monthly or weekly kind of newsletter. Mm-hmm. And I think that's been helpful. And we also have like, we're doing a team outing that's, we're trying to do more team outings that kind of got lost. And I don't think that was really COVID kind of threw everything for a loop. So I think people have gotten comfortable that. not doing stuff. I get it yeah. too. Like we didn't have a full on Christmas party this year. Yeah. Like, I mean, we, a lot of we normally we had do. like a huge Christmas party. We would have a huge team outing. Like people were just like on Fridays would just hang out here. Like, but with people not being it here doesn't because of happen. COVID. Yeah. It's harder. So I think we can't even get everybody to come to a dinner once a month. Like every, and it's not, it's not because we're not doing it. It's because people don't really, I don't know, like they want to get together more. They want to do more, but then they don't at the same time. Like they kind of like how, how all of this stuff is separate. Yeah. I'm not sure. And I, I think that's definitely, that's kind of how I am, but I think it's allowing the people who want it to have it. That's what I'm trying to do. So I, I told everyone, I'm like, you can go, you can go to dinner whenever you want with anybody here and we'll pay for it. Like, I want you spending time with people here. So I don't, you can go to drinks, you can go to dinner. I don't care. Like it's on a limited budget. Just do what you want with, with your team members. And a lot of them kind of, you know, everyone kind of has their friends at work and they, they do hang out a lot. And I love that. And I want them to continue. And, I, and I've tried to foster, you know, we don't have titles, but we kind of have levels, you know, how long people have been here. And it's kind of based on age, kind of not, but we, we kind of have that. So, you know, the level that's kind of below the people who've been here for 30 years, the people who've been here around 10 years, we've got a lot of those and they're all very friendly. And I'm like, you guys need to, like you guys are going to be running the firm sooner rather than later. Like you guys need to meet and discuss things on your own. Like I don't need to be involved. So they've started to do that. So just trying to foster, foster that those type of things without making it mandated. And we try not to mandate too much here. Yeah. Like you got rid of your office. Like it's hard. Like when you don't have that central meeting place, like we still have our office, but you know, before COVID, like we always let people work from home whenever they wanted, but people would still come. And like now with COVID and people having kids that, you know, they may or may not be in school or whatever, like they just don't come in as much. And it's just, uh, it's just harder to like, you kind of forget about them sometimes. Oh yeah. Like out of sight, out of mind. That's a real thing. And it's not because you don't care. It's that you no, no, no. again. Yeah. It's just easier, like when you see him walk by and you just have a casual conversation, like that's easy to do. It's no big deal. And I try to like, when I'm here, I try to like walk around and just talk with people and just kind of get a lay of the land of what's going on and what they're working on. Um, yeah. I do that all the time. And that's definitely like, it's impossible to do that when they're not here. Unless unless yeah. you're like calling them and I am in. I don't like to get too involved like, I don't want to micromanage them. Right. Right. Well, it's finding that balance. Ron doesn't like the word balance, but, and I don't either, honestly, now that I heard him say that out loud, maybe not, maybe not, I'm going to take it in another direction. <laughs> I don't want to find any balance. Um, I like having well, balance, things on the extremes. Balance is kind of, it's just a way of saying like, 
you're gonna work the same amount. It's it's not changing. It's just being like you're gonna do it differently. <laughs> so I I get where he's coming from there. It's like you're just gonna work more. That's work life balance. It's like you're working more. You're just working different hours <laughs> than, yeah. than before. So I get that why he doesn't like that. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't. Um, I, I'm talking about balance in in everything, like finding balance. And if you're not doing as much as you were doing before, but it's not doing nothing, too. So I don't know. Back to the. So you've got, you know, roughly a, a management structure now. Um, you've got you guys are pretty profitable. Um, and your goals for this year, uh, you have a revenue goal. You have any other like goals for the year? My personal goal, it's to, it's to delegate, I have a lot more people. And I've already done that. Like with, I just had a baby. So I'm using that as an example, as a, as a, uh, reason. Forcing mechanism. Yeah, it's, a it's a forcing mechanism to. I probably gave away two thirds of the clients that I was working on myself. So that's going to be good. And how many is that? I don't know. I had 400. You do a lot of tax returns before. Yeah. <laughs> so just gave away a lot of, cause I do want to spend more time on the firm and on like, not on the firm, not just like the operations, but making sure I'm spending time with people like training them and, I really want to spend more time on that. So that's where I'm going to focus a lot of my time and delegate. My my goal is to have everything delegated. Like I, what I want to do is planning meetings with people. So I don't want to be like the main person on the client, but I will come in when they need me to uh, plan things. Mm -hmm. So that's where I want to get to. Yeah. This was the first no, that's, step. Uh, yeah, that's, that's good. So do you... Do you plan on always having some clients? Because that's one thing that I never, again, I didn't have any balance, so I got rid of all of the clients. I like work. to keep, so I like to keep some, just, I like to have one person that I reconcile just so I can keep updated on zero. So I want to have like a little bit. So I do the firm books, but that's how I kept in. <laughs> I, the, so the, yeah, the, the what and I that's do. good. Like yeah. doing, um, so trying to keep, that I do think like I worry if I stop doing tax returns, like will I become rusty on that stuff? I think I will. So I want to keep, I want to keep some so I know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad. I've spent a lot of time too figuring out what people like to do, what, what they don't like to do. And kind of, we shifted a lot of work to different people this year, purposefully just trying to make them, do more and like some people are ready to do more. I, I think the biggest problem was me. I didn't want to overwhelm them. So I was doing more work and just not giving it to them and hiring Lauren has just allowed, like, I'm not doing that anymore. Cause I'm just being like, Hey, you need to give this away to somebody, figure out who has capacity. And then what I told him is like, if what I tell everybody is if they're, if they're overworked, you just let me know and we'll figure out, we'll, we'll figure it out. And I want to. I want to have that excess capacity. I want to have at least forty percent of my time where I can kind of do the creative stuff, like Ron was saying today. 
Yeah. And I want and I yeah. want other people to have that too. And the thing is, is like I think with accountants, there are some people that just want to do the work and don't want to do the thinking or the creativity part, and that's okay. But of the people that do want to do some of the creative work and think about the stuff, I want to make sure they have the capacity to do that. I don't think you can have like management is a, everybody has to be managed differently. Everybody has different things they like, don't like ways they respond to things. And that's why I, that's why when you implement all these things, I'm always like, they sound great on paper, but I think it's just, you're trying to fit everyone into the same box. And I want there to be a way for, I want there to be room for people to do things differently. And that's very hard and very balancing and like process. That's what I talk about to Lauren all the time. It's like, she wants to create these processes and I'm like, the processes are good, but like we only need the processes that we absolutely need. I don't want processes just to have processes because then we're losing the ability to think. Yeah. Well, but it's hard, but it's hard because you like, you want to become more efficient, but it's like, do we kind of what Ron well, was saying? Well, the enemy, Ron. Yeah. Ron does and not I think like that, efficiency. And I think that's, I think that's. Totally I don't think true. the processes are for efficiency. I think the processes are for consistency. The processes are to keep things aligned and keep them in line and be consistent on how we're doing what we're doing. And there is plenty of room. If you don't micromanage um, all yeah. of the. Uh, all the middle parts. No, I'm with you. I, there definitely needs to be processes. It's just like there's a fine line of of that, and it's hard to know where, where that line is. Well, you do want things to be done the same way across the board for, again, for consistency and to not rely on... I mean, if you have 35 people that are all individually working on stuff on their own, and they're all getting it done, they're all doing it vastly different. Yes. It's inevitable, and that's not good for a business. I don't think that's necessarily bad in accounting. I think in certain businesses, yes. Well, that's bad. maybe you think that. Maybe you think that because the profession has not moved forward in a lot well, of ways. I, it, it depends. Uh, if it's like the mundane tasks, hundred percent agree. But I do think there's a lot of bookkeeping. There should be processes. I'm not disagreeing with you on yeah. on. I, I'm not saying there shouldn't be processes, but I do think people need to have ways to do it their own way and could because that's how you find out like how to improve the processes as a whole like if if you have one process then you might never improve on that process because everyone's doing it the same way it's very it's very difficult to 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 balance that and i don't know if we do it well or not but i've always like yeah. for instance like on zero like I let people manage their clients on their own and I didn't force them to get zero or get QuickBooks online or get a cloud product. And like, it's been a 10 year process and basically everyone now has all their clients on zero, but it took a while. And, but basically you had to get buy-in from your people to do that. Like they're not just going to, I think we're talking about different things. Like no, but that is a process. First, like, like a process you could have is like, everyone's going to be on zero. Everyone's going to be on gusto. Yeah. Everyone's going to be. Yeah, that's so, so the, the guiding lines, I think what you're trying yeah. to say is you want to give people freedom. You should give them freedom, freedom of speech, freedom to think, and freedom to do things and decide how they're going to 
dictate the relationship with the client, but you have to be a dictator when it comes to how they're going to do it. I don't that, necessarily that agree tools, with that. But... The tools should be standardized across the firm, I think. And I, I don't think that because then you're training on different well, systems. I mean, you have we different have people doing different things. We have things. the same tax software. We have the same stuff, but we don't have... We don't have standardized bookkeeping or that's also why you're or, probably going to get rid of bookkeeping but, but for us we well, don't allow things differently per client but i, I definitely but, I, mean, well, I definitely allow, see the efficiency so i mean i i see it your you wouldn't way. allow somebody to use a different tax software right and why why could they use and it, let's say they were paying for it out of pocket why can't they use a different tax software no i i see it your way i totally see it i'm not gonna argue my way is better <laughs> i just think it's hard when you're going from if you were starting a brand new firm 100 percent agree like i'm only gonna take zero clients. i get it i get it so I, I know it's I know. transitioning to that and giving people the freedom and it's hard it's it's like it's a it's a decisive choice i could have told everyone hey if you're not on zero you're out of here <laughs> but i didn't do that and it's uh it's one of those things I'm not sure if I was right or wrong. But I'm okay with it. Like yeah. it's gonna work out. Like I I at the end of the day, it's like it, is it good for the client and is it good for our team? Like how's the best way to motivate our team members? And everyone gets motivated different ways too. So how do you motivate each individual person figuring that out? This complex. Managing is mm -hmm. very difficult. Managing people is difficult. That's why you don't manage people. <laughs> people cannot be managed. I don't even know. I think Ron would means. agree with that. What does that mean? You can't manage somebody. You can only guide them. And you need the guiding. You need to. They need to know what shoes they're wearing. They need to know where they're going. They need to know the direction. They need to know what they need to do. But you need to provide the fence and fence it in and or the or the guidelines or the or the trail whatever it is but but how do you know other than how do you that, know I, that like your fence is the right fence it's just they like, get out of I, it I think, when, I once think they get out of the hire. fence it's the wrong fence you have to you, it has to do the job well, that's how you know your fence yeah, is the right I fence think if you hire does it do people, the job and is it consistent if you, i think if you hire people and you say you have to get your work done and they get the work done like that's the most important thing and how they get it done is not the most important thing it is for the business but, so i i think you're being too um literal with that and and not thinking about it the way that what i'm saying is you decide which shoes they're wearing what the uniform is where the like again i, I don't even know what the well, fuck i'm, I'm describing because i'm, I'm so using two I different decide what work they do that's what i'm deciding you decide what work they do that's a given yes absolutely but how they do that work, they do need to use your... They're deciding to work for you. That's their decision. You decide most of how they do what they do. Now, again, I don't they're free to do whatever. They, they're free to manage their... their again, I, I actually agree. Like I, I think that they should be free to do what they want to do when they want to do it, but not how they do it. They can choose their day, and they don't See, have to be dictated to. I, I don't to. care. Like, the how doesn't – it's the end result that matters to me. End results do matter. Um, 
the how doesn't matter as much to me. So then you have one person. This is all the bigger picture is going to suffer. If you have one person that has a bunch of clients on a system that they chose and nobody else in the firm knows how to use that and then that person leaves and you have now yeah, but 30 that, clients. But that's not happening because it's not like that. Like there's only a couple accounting systems they can be on. There's not a million accounting systems they can be on. Nobody new is going to So this uh, is a bad stage. example. This like, is a bad example. Uh, but if, It's not... So you're it's you're providing that. two options. So you're you're saying that if an employee comes to you, you're being uh, contradictory there because if somebody comes to you well, and says, "I want to use that. this," and if it's something that you don't know, or if it's another system, because you said there's only two that they could choose from, and they chose another one, would you allow it? If they could validate why they want to use it, and they don't have to train anybody else at the firm to use it. Because I want, Who's I want experimentation. That? If they, what if this new thing's better than what we're already using? I don't know. <laughs> they, you're crossing the streams here. <laughs> you, you should experiment outside of, outside of them deciding here and there. Because none of that's going to promote. Um, it, it's that's not going to promote any changes and discoveries. That's going to be that's a fragmented system. I tend to let people kind of make their mistakes and figure it out on their own. I, I okay. It's never gotten to a point where someone's like doing something that I think was detrimental, like someone else couldn't figure out what they were doing. I think we agree on that because like I said earlier, I, I think I... I think accounting I, is very hard. It's not like... It, it's not like they're billing their clients separately or doing stuff. There are boundaries, like, but but they're not a, they're not responsible for that. Like... They're responsible for making sure the work gets done. So I think you I need standardized are, processes. Yeah. And, though, and I think you have them, and you're just not giving any credit to them. No, we definitely we definitely have processes. Well, that's good. <laughs> so, sounds like um, we need to talk about the podcast goals now for the year. <laughs> oh, boy. Right? What are the goals here? Do you want to do more of these? My goal for the podcast is having more firm owners and having more learning more about how well, people that's run already their own done. firms. That's already that's already done. I think we had too many vendors last year that didn't. And some of these some of these consultants are amazing, but like Nicole said the other day, I don't trust anyone who doesn't run their own firm. This is funny. Like this is I want, this is so like, funny. So. People so Nicole said that about Ron Baker too. Um, yeah, I know, and I love Ron. Said, I believe in everything that Ron. I've basically modeled my firm around the way he thinks you should run a firm. So, but yeah. I do agree with like, there's a difference between theory and practicality on running a firm. Like everything the consultants say are amazing, but like you got to give them concrete ways of actually doing it in your firm. And you're just saying like, don't keep track of time. Like, okay, get rid of your timesheets, but how do we do that? And like, what's the plan yeah. for it? Like that's, much more difficult. So th that, that's why I want <laughs> the time shits. The time shits. So it's funny you say you want more firm owners, and the two people you brought on were both like consultant types. And <laughs> they no they Brandon, uh, Brandon Poe's a firm owner. He just has a different type of firm. Something. Rita, I think that, Rita, uh, Rita was a, she's a consultant, um, yeah. but she was in a firm for thirty years, so she has firm. Experience. I honestly think that it's a perspective that. 
I, I honestly have no opinion on a vendor or a firm owner because I think if they're in the industry, then we can react and talk about no, there's things value. That there's said. value to everybody that we have on. I just find the most value. I, I think practice. I think people who you just really hated Kathy's episode, and that was the that's the one. Like, but I've I've had Ian on a few times. Who was um, Kathy? That lady who didn't who yeah, did her own live who, plan. Who did her own yeah. tax return. Live plan. <laughs> I didn't hate anybody. I just think like, how can you consult? To how can you give? someone advice if you don't know their business thoroughly we we're pretty good at giving practical <laughs> advice that would work and i think we're pretty good at giving some pushback and and all those other things i think it's going well so um no, no i, I, I no I, complaints the first year beyond my expectations i didn't think we'd make any money like you've been amazing at getting sponsors and building the community and i think we've been so would you good. say the first year was a success oh yeah um, Would you? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. It was a success that we started doing it. When I released an episode, that was a, that marked a, a success because I wouldn't have released an episode if it wasn't going to be successful. Like I thought we were, I thought we were well on our way. We had some we recorded some good ones. By the time we recorded Kenji's, I think, and you had that reaction. I said, okay, I can release these now. That one went well. A lot of people liked Kenji's episode. I think that they've been getting every time I release one. I think it's the best episode yet. Well, that's um, good. That's uh, that's be. where my mind, that's where my head's at. It's getting easier. I have some goals. I would like to have a system for this. I would like to systematize the editing, the CPE stuff, the show notes, all of that. I'd, I'd like to hand that stuff off. Honestly, I would ha I would hand off all of it if I trusted who was doing it. But again, I have those. I have problems of letting go as well. So, so that's your goal is to let go this year. No, that'd be quick to let go of everything. I, I don't understand you everything. You have to fully be able yet. to let go and just. Do, I got to understand it all first, to, and, and I have confidence. You hire people to do a job. You got to let them do the job. Yeah, I am them. still learning though. Like I, I am learning a lot about editing, and that's what I want to do. I want to be able to hand it off when I know it all. <laughs> when I'm at, at past the valley of despair and I have some more confidence in, in how it should be and not how I think it's the best way of being done. I, I want to have a, a better perspective on that. Um, the valley of despair. I love that. Yeah. I want to get out of the valley of despair, which I, I feel like I'm on my way out of there um, with this podcast stuff. It's It's been, again, it's it's like this is the theater of the mind and that's I like listening with my ears, and I like learning with my ears. So there's a this lot of good. things this about this. Has been a good podcast. This. We're, we're gonna do. I want to do more. Just us talking about a subject too. Yeah, we already have a lot of guests lined up for the year. We've got a lot of guests. This is this is this is a variety show. This is a guest show. That's what it's turned into. And then the bonus episodes are one on ones. It's beautiful. That's that's kind right. of what's been. You spent too much happening. time with me today. I know. Go to bed. Bye, everybody. Wow, what a great episode. And wouldn't it be great if you could earn CPE credit for that? Now you can. 
Visit earmarkcpe.com to sign up for free and earn free CPE credit for listening to this show. That's earmarkcpe.com.